All right, everybody, we're back. Another morning devotion. Zai and I here in the house. We have had a good night's sleep. And, you know, some of us, uh, some of you who listen to the podcast like that we take a little time. Some of you want us to post a podcast for your own well-being. Shout out to Jamie Mitchell. But uh, here we are talking about the Raptors uh, win uh, sneaky deaky win against uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Zaya, man, what were your thoughts from last night's game? What's up? Good morning. Um, I mean, I think it's a mixed bag. I think I've finally arrived at a point where I've tempered my expectations. Um, 11, 12 games into the season, I think um, a win is a win. Um, yeah. And I'm more focused on not just uh, the standings, but also our internal development as a team, right? And and uh, and uh, both indivi- you know individual players and, and team team cohesion. And I saw a lot of that um, in last night's game. So I you know so that was uh, there were uh, quite significant positives to to take out. Um, the first six minutes of the game made you want to vomit, but, <laughs> but I, you know, coincidentally, Aaron Baines was on the, on the court. Um, you know, I, I think he's still trying to figure out uh, team chemistry and his place on the team. But uh, after that, it was quite exciting. You know, we really matched up quite well with uh, uh, the Charlotte Hornets um, all across the board statistically. So uh, they're and they're a fun team. I, I will say, uh, I will uh, ask you this: What do you think about uh, Lamelo Ball? Um, there were whispers that he 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 reminds people of a, a Penny Hardaway, circa '95. Hmm. You know, I, if I'm going to talk about or compare him, sorry, to anybody, in my personal opinion, the way he plays the game is more of a Jay Kid. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he, he's a, he's a solid rebounder for a point guard. He's taller, obviously, you know, that penny, uh, comparison makes sense, but his actual game is 94 feet baseline to baseline, uh, great passer, not a great shooter. We used to call Jason kid growing up Asen kid cause he didn't have yeah. a J and, uh, you know, so I, I see a lot of. Jason Kidd uh, and and Penny was a lot more measured and he didn't have as uh, as much uh, confidence. Um, you know, he was more like a, a Lonzo ball versus, uh, you know, in terms of his his demeanor, uh, where uh, Jason Kidd was more fiery. He was a, a leader. He was outspoken. I think obviously LaMelo Ball has a few years to, to grow up and mature and maybe to distance himself from his father before he gets to Jason Kidd level. But uh, yeah, that's who I would say. What, what do you think about that comparison? No, I agree. I, you know, the first time he played against us, I said that this is Jason Kidd. Um, right. All, the way in which he fun, he creates opportunities for his teammates. Yeah. Um, and at such a young age for him to manage an offense 
Mm-hmm. But that level of, you know, kind of acuity measurement uh, and also takes some risks. Um, yeah, it's, for sure. It's quite remarkable and it's enjoyable. You want to see that type of basketball. Um, but I, he's also a very different type of point guard than he is with his counterparts, right? He's, he's, uh, he's a pass-first point guard. Yeah. Whereas the current landscape of point guards uh, yeah. is that of uh, I score first, I score second, and then I'll create opportunity. I'm a playmaker, and I'll create opportunities for my teammates, which is understandable. That's just the direction where the, the NBA at large is going. Um, and so, uh, so it's it's quite refreshing for me, especially someone who's grown up with, uh, you know, someone like Chris Paul, who many of us would say he's the, he's the last of the line of point guards. And so, but we have our own point guards, you know, right? we do. Kyle we Lowry. Do. Um, and uh, our savior think... dug us out of a hole last night. Oh my gosh. Oh Once my gosh. again, Kyle Lowry with clutch. I felt, um, I felt Freddie in, the, in last night's game uh, play a lot more reserved and, and measured. Mm. Uh, his playmaking mm-hmm. is still top notch. So yeah. someone who's looking at his stats and saying, "Well, he didn't, um, he wasn't aggressive enough." Well, actually, he was. He, he he's really compartmentalizing um, his offensive output, right? And so um, we really criticized him last year for not being able to uh, playmake to the same capacity as Kyle Lowry. So this year he's making the effort to create in that half court for his teammates and not shooting his um, as much and suddenly mm-hmm. we're criticizing him for that. So I think <laughs> it's, so um, uh, that, that, you know, that's, that's something to be, to be expected. And again, I mentioned earlier, this is a think a developmental year. I think mm-hmm. we both mm-hmm. and we're, Players are, are, are stretching themselves out. Um, but speaking of Pascal, Freddie, OG, and um, so it's it's quite exciting. But um, uh, less about player evaluation, more on the game last night. Um, I will have to say that I was really impressed with Stanley Johnson. I, I continuously yes. Um, appreciate Nick Nurse taking risks and uh, and putting him into the rotation where he can play that small five, that center position. He can spell OG and he can switch quite fluidly on defense. And on offense, he knows his role. Last year, I think he would have been a little bit more reckless on offense, thinking that he can actually be a um, a spark plug offensively. But I think this year he understands that his role is to um, offset some of the ball handling from our guards, uh, shoot it when he's open with confidence, and work his butt off on D. And I think um, he's proven that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, when, when you put a guy uh, in you know, a situation like he was last year where he was on the 905, he was, he had developed his point guard skills. You're in the bubble. He's on the third unit. It's kind of a, you know, a a big fish or in, in a small pond, you know, and then he gets out to the bigger ocean 
and finds out there's other big fish and even bigger fish on that mm-hmm. first unit. And then he's, he's kind of forced to do one of two things, either continue to play the way that he did on the third unit or adjust and realize, hey, there's bigger fish here and better fish. I better be, be smart. And so he's, he's adapted really well. And I've got to give a lot of credit to Nick Nurse for uh, the, you know, his decision to use Stanley in his very best using his very best attributes, playing to his strengths. And kudos again to the Raptors 905 to develop Stanley and to give him the confidence to play to his strengths as best as he can, depending on the situation. So I was really impressed how he defended yesterday. Uh, I think it was the Golden State game when they made the comeback in the fourth. He was excellent on defense. Uh, Yeah, he's showing so much defensively and as you said being smarter being wiser uh on the offensive end what is he 25 26 like he still has a huge upside you know mine isn't going to scream at you uh he was also a minus 14 but a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was also with lineups that were quite erratic and and i don't want to um right you know read too much into it uh, that said, um, I, I did want you know there there was a period during the game where I was quite concerned that we were we were going to struggle, especially after that you know during that six minute bush league um, um, output. Um, I was really concerned that we would be um, you know Coach Borrega uh, of the Charlotte Hornets would be utilizing the zone for a longer stretch of time, similar to the way he did in the fourth quarter of Thursday's game. And it reminded me of the right. uh, January 2nd, 2020 game versus the Miami Heat last season where uh, we lost 84-75 on the road. That was, was an ugly, ugly game. Ugly game. Mind <laughs> you, we were without Pascal and Gasol. We didn't shoot it well, but our defense kept us in the game. And... I, Bryce, I was really concerned that this zone is going to expose us even more. If you thought that we were struggling this season, my gosh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was going mm-hmm. to be atrocious. But we actually had uh, outputs offensively from unsung heroes. Uh, one, Norman Powell. And just to make sure that yeah. readers uh, know that our bench actually showed up uh, in last night's game. Uh, we had Norman Powell and Chris Boucher, who, who were both leading all scores for our roster, right, with 24 points mm-hmm. and 20 points, um, respectively. Um, did that shock you? What, what, what were you looking at? Um, and how do you think they played significantly uh, in making our run and helping us um, get a victory? Yeah, I think in the in the second quarter, uh, we obviously, uh, you know, played great D and got it in transition so they couldn't set up the zone. Uh, you saw some fast break points. OG's dunk was a highlight reel uh, in itself. And, uh, you know, there were some other plays there as well. Uh, obviously, any team's going to struggle in transition defensively, but uh, the Raptors are a very good def- uh, offensive team in transition in the fast break. So I think that was first and foremost. If we play good defense, we're going to get some easy buckets we did last night, and that that's how we got the lead. Um, but 
Norm Powell is a difference maker. He's he, he's a, a tipping point type player. He can either sink us or or he can help us swim. And last night he stepped up at his best game of the season. And if he can do that consistently, there's no need to think about moving this guy. There's no need to thinking about a future without Norm Powell, even though there's very good players out there that we could probably uh, get uh, for Norm and maybe a draft pick or two. I like Norm. I want the best for him. I'm a loyal guy like I am to my friends. Uh, I'm a loyal guy to my team. Uh, and, and, and we know this is the kind of game that Norm Powell can have, right? Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I think we outscored their bench. When our bench scores 40 or more, it's going to be pretty difficult to beat us. And uh, it was nice to see, man. I, I, I want to see more games like this. There were games last year where Norm was our leading scorer. There were games last year where Norm made sure that, because of all the injuries, Norm made sure that we didn't have these massive droughts. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, and so he was great last night. Chris Boucher, I mean, we know we've got to – you know, accept the fact that he's not Serge Ibaka, Marcus All, or like some great all-star center, but he's a player with height who is a four-five. And what I'm most impressed about Chris Boucher, and you could block the ball and you could defend multiple times. I'm really excited to see the matchup against the Nets because I want to see him yeah, guard KD. Um, and who and I want to know who's skinnier just to look at them. Uh, but, uh, but his three point shooting, you, you mentioned the zone, this guy's three point shooting is like 45% or higher. That's ridiculous, man. He's shooting like Matt Thomas. That's when Matt Thomas isn't playing because Chris Boucher has become Matt Thomas. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, those guys gave us a huge lift. If Pascal and Fred have, uh, efficient scoring nights last night, the game is over you know, with 10 minutes to go. Instead, we, we struggled and, and we had that huge three-minute stretch in the fourth. I think it was like from five-minute mark to the two-minute mark where we almost threw it away. And we di- I don't think we had Norm on the court at that point. And that, uh, that really affected yeah. us. Again, luckily, our savior was on the court and got a clutch shot over Gordon Hayward, who wasn't in the game uh, against uh, uh, Charlotte yeah. on Thursday, but here he was in the game last night. And to be honest, I said this to my daughter because she was like, "Hey, he played for Boston, wasn't he a great player?" And I said, "I don't think he's a, dif- a difference maker against the Raptors. I think we actually like to see Gordon Haywood on the court." And sure enough, we won by three. He gives them consistency, but he just doesn't. He's not good enough to get them over yeah. the top. Uh, so that I actually was happy to see him, especially in the fourth covering Kyle. I was like, oh man, this is, uh, this is, you know, this is a full course meal for Kyle to go at him and he ate him up. Yeah. You know, uh, to his credit, uh, speaking of Hayward, uh, he had 22 points at half, uh, and finished with 25. So he only scored three points right. um, in the second half. Uh, you can blame it on fatigue. You, also, you can also blame it on our, our defensive scheme. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Nurse said if there's going to be a player who's, to, who's going to score um, uh, in Charlotte, yeah. let it be Haywood. 
you don't want the guards to get hot right. in those years. The, the Grahams. No, that's right. Uh, because they are the difference makers in terms of playmaking. Um, yeah. I was I was curious if the outgoing president was watching the game at all with Hayward on the court. But <laughs> shout out to Will Lou. He, he's, he, his, his political <laughs> uh, commentary and satire as it pertains to Hayward is is, is golden. So um, uh, take it. He made some comments even after, uh, in the Thursday's post game, <laughs> um, which was uh, was. was um, uh, apropos, uh, I think I wanted to at least bring up the fact that, you know, there is uh, uh, Paul Jones who mentioned um, why in, in the nightcap, the Raptors TV did, does these nightcaps now. And yep. um, uh, why uh, Norman Powell was more efficient in this game. And, and he, he right. also mentioned why he's been struggling this season and, and and he did mention that, you know, without Paul Gasol as a facilitator in the second, you know, it, it, it hurts right. um, Norm uh, more because it means that he requires to create um, a lot, a mm-hmm. lot more, um, I would say, more consistently in the half court, which is not his trait, right? It's not his strong point. Um, and so, no. uh, hence why he's making these, um, mistakes, just, unchar- someone would say uncharacteristic. No, actually that's just how Norm plays. If you, right. if you, you know, yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. Um, give him that enough responsibilities. Now, the reason why I'm not willing to give up on Norm, and I think you hit it on the mark, he has a particular gene that is, we don't want to really say clutch like the elite players, but he... He, he right. can show up in games that are so pivotal. Remember that rookie. You remember that rookie season against Indiana, Game Seven. Oh yeah. Uh, as it relates oh, yeah. to guarding um, Paul George and making key offensive plays, so he can he can produce uh, only in a situation where it heavily relies and emphasizes his strengths. And I think that's a responsibility yes. of our team. That's you know, part and parcel of Nick Nurse and the coaching staff and also the players, you know, the core guys who need to um, create a environment where uh, Norm Powell can excel, notably Pascal Siakams, Kyle yeah. Lowry, and Fred VanVleet. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with Norm continuously coming off the bench. I don't think we need to have him on, on the starting lineup. But what do you think about starting – Stanley Johnson at the five, um, especially since especially oh, since wow. you've been hesitant to just throw Chris Boucher in the starting lineup, considering how effective he is as uh, as the sixth man. What are your thoughts on having Stanley Johnson start at the five, and then you bring in Chris Boucher, so we don't have to waste time experimenting with the. Alex Len or Aaron right. and if they can provide any sustainable contribution to either offense or defense, because they're not Bryce, they're not. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, Stanley Johnson at the five? I don't mind the first five, six minutes playing Baines uh, and then that's it for him for the night. I don't mind 
having Alex Len play, you know, three or four minutes to start the second quarter or some way midway through the second quarter. I don't want him to close quarters. Um, but uh, I think starting a guy there uh, puts, puts an added bit of pressure and then it takes like, some confidence away from a guy like Aaron Baines. And I know he's 34. He's an international. Uh, he's had a lot of interna- international success. Uh, he's he's got a wife and family. He doesn't need the confidence of you know instilled yeah. in him from Nick Nurse. But I think from a rhythm standpoint and a flow and and trying to reach all the goals of this team, I think Nurse is saying, "Hey, listen, unless the other team's going super small ball, we we've got to be able to uh, mm-hmm. to to play uh, mm-hmm. Baines mm-hmm. in this way, which is fine. Uh, do I want to see more of Stanley Johnson?" beside uh chris boucher yeah actually that's a nice that's a nice uh combination uh obviously you can't uh you won't have any uh real uh advantages uh in with a team like that because you go pick and roll uh and even when Lamelo had the ball last night chris boucher is fine against Lamelo. is he gonna stop yeah. him every time no uh but uh, y- you've got a team that just is everywhere on the court and can really pressure the guards to make mistakes. So yeah, okay. I'm okay with that. Um, and I'm not willing. I'm not willing to yeah, give up what, on Aaron Baines. Um, however, I, I'm more interested in seeing. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm more interested in seeing the contribution of other players, which who, who I've mentioned. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Stanley Johnson and Chris Boucher, um, especially. Um, the ways in which they've been performing the last several several games, um, and yep. uh, and what they uh, could offer and, uh, in in different scenarios, especially when we go against a team like uh, the Dallas Mavericks, um, who who play who play yeah. big, who seven three Porzingis, but yeah, but who does who isn't really a big right? He's a finesse. Uh, no, that's right. Exactly. Boucher would be fine against him. Now, uh, I got a question for you. Speaking of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, we got the Mavericks coming up on Monday. Happy MLK weekend. Happy MLK mm-hmm. day. Indeed. Um, uh, so we've won four games this season. We've lost eight. I'm hoping that our team plays really well. But here's my conundrum going into the game against Dallas. I received uh, a Christmas gift of OG and OB socks. They're beautiful socks. Uh, and every game we've won, I haven't <laughs> worn the OG socks. But we're 0-4 we're when I do wear the OG socks. Should I wear them on wear Monday them. or not? Just try and, try and break the superstition. Wear them. Right? Wear them. Wear them. <laughs> we're going to, we're going against Luca. Who do you think starts? <laughs> we need all this superstition and luck or breaking of, of things. Uh who do you think's gonna start to play against uh Dwight Powell? Do you think it will be Boucher or do you think we'll go with Baines? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And that's why I said I think we I prefer starting Stanley because I think Stanley matches well. Oh wow, okay. Uh, he's a he, he's six seven, six eight, two hundred and you know, forty five to yep. two fifty. Um he can he can he can hold his own and I really um 
am keen on having Chris Boucher come in that second unit and playing alongside Kyle Lowry. Because um, I think they yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, work incredibly well together. Um, so I, sure. I think, uh, I think, I think I'm, uh, I'm keen on seeing more of a small lineup. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not interested in um, seeing more Aaron Baines. It's, in, it's just not working. Uh, right. Far. And who knows, you know, down the road in the season, um, in the playoffs, based on matchups, he could, you know, you know how playoff basketball um, completely changes. Um, he could probably find a role. Yeah. Um, but at this stage, yep. I'm, you know, there's, yeah. Um, again, I'm on the couch. I'm not a coach, you know, I'm not the coach. So, I mean, I've been seeing things like Nick Nurse and his staff, but uh, I have no enthusiasm to see yeah. more Aaron Baines thus far that said well that said, I will, ho- hopefully we'll this out yeah I'll hopefully we can out. do you um, all right <laughs> uh, do you expect to see um a trade revolving um uh a big man considering the trades that have already happened this past week yeah i, I think we'll know more about that i think Masai will let the next three, four weeks play out. I think the trade day is not until near the end of March. So we've got some time in that respect. We'll see how Atlanta plays. We'll see how Indiana plays. I would say the two guys we want to target are Capella and Miles Turner, in my opinion. Um, obviously, those are good places uh, for Norm Powell to land as well, which I think is probably the trade ship that, that we make. Um, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens there. Um, like you said, it's a development year uh we could make this trade uh you know in in the in in the off season miles turner i think is a free agent this coming trade season uh sorry this uh, coming off season as well i think don't quote me on that but i'll look that up for next time uh so yeah let's let's check that out and Sounds see good. see what happens but i think right now they're going to develop um but hopefully hopefully we can get a third win hopefully we can beat Luke and company without he Porzingis. Yeah, He's not he back, right? Against, yeah, he, the other night he played. He is okay. Um, yeah. Oh well, I'm very excited to see that Chris oh, Boucher Porzingis matchup, especially yeah, down the stretch if it's close. <laughs> well, man, another good podcast. We got a full length podcast coming up in the next uh, 24 hours. It will be released. Yeah. The other guys. Our bench will talk about Yuta and how he needs a, a head cam for the games with all the diving that he does. Malachi. We'll look at Chris Boucher, <laughs> Malachi, the Duke, the Duke himself. Uh, if anyone uh, knows uh, Bridgerton, I'm com- um, comparing Simon, uh, the, uh, one of the characters in Bridgerton, to Malachi Flynn. Not only have I found out that Malachi has a groupy following on Twitter. Um, he does. Tw- he does. Twitter's response to uh, his performance or even his, you know, his entrance onto the court is one that is seen with, you know, a level of uh, hyper-enthusiasm. Goodness gracious. Sometimes we're not even talking yeah. about his game. We're talking about his looks. Uh, it is what it is. It is, what it is. <laughs> but he did the... All right, man. Well, you have, you have a good rest of the weekend. We'll talk soon. Peace to everyone who's been listening.